my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am continuing the Best Friends series with Season 3, Episode 9, Dr. Dare Rides Again, which aired November 24th, 1989, so right around Thanksgiving. Cool. All right, Comet the Family's new dog eats Michelle's ice cream. Pete is an old pal that Jesse once knew. He visits the family when Danny and Becky are away on a talk show styling trip. Feedback and some of Jesse's old ways pop up. Feedback, of course, referring to the high school band that Jesse and his old bandmate Pete formed, which does have some of the rippers. So my guess is maybe that's what Jesse and the Rippers was called prior to forming Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> All right, this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 308 ratings. We have guest starring Scott Bayo as Pete Bianco. He was on Charles in Charge, he would have been on Charles in Charge, I believe, at this time. I did watch Charles in Charge, not on a regular basis, mainly in reruns and stuff. We have Shanna War as Donna, and Roger Lodge as Roger. He, of course, I believe, is the one in Season 8, Episode 1, Comments Excellent Adventure. He is the one that tells Jesse... We're basically dropping you from the group. We have, we're, we're cutting you loose. We also have Robin Donnie as Robin. We have this episode directed by Bill Foster. We got writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Rob Dames. We have some connections for this episode as well. Let's see. National Lampoon's Animal House. Uncle Jesse and his band perform the song Shout. And Pete says... Imitating Otis, hit it! <laughs> Chip and Dale are shown to have a cameo in this episode. Well, you know what? I'm going to be looking for it. Speaking of Chip and Dale, did anyone watch the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie that's on Disney Plus? I have not checked that out. I've seen the trailer, and a part of me is just, I'm so used to their voices from the Rescue Rangers cartoon that I, you know, we all grew up with for Disney Afternoon that it's like, just feels like it's going to rip my childhood in half if I watch this thing. All right, we do have some trivia. Scott Bayo guest stars as a bachelor who sees his old pal Jesse taking care of his three nieces on Charles in Charge from 1984. Bayo plays Charles, who takes care of three children for the couple who own the house he stays in while he goes, yeah, I thought he was like living in their basement. I can't remember, but I, I could have sworn he was living in their basement. Uh, this episode features a scintillating cameo from Scott Bayo, most famous. Okay, um, 
I don't know what that is. That's not trivia. That's someone. They got a. St- I don't know the IMDb. IMDb. You um. Employees, I guess, whoever's managing this website, they need to go through these with a fine tooth comb and pull out something that isn't trivia. If it's not related to the episode, it's not trivia in my mind. Scott Bayo, who made a guest appearance in this episode, shares a birthday with Full House. The pilot episode premiered on his 27th birthday. Okay, that could have been more. I, I don't want to criticize, guys. We have no goofs. We got no goofs. Let's see. We do. We got Mitch RMP. Gives this episode a 7 out of 10. <laughs> Titles it Dr. Dare or Dr. Death. This is from April 14th, 2014. Scott Bayo, need I say more? Though I remember him as Charles in Charge, others remember him from Happy Days. I never watched Happy Days, so I uh, I know that he was on Joni Love Chachi, which I, again, never watched. He plays a pretty rough, footloose, and fancy-free sort of character in this episode. Before Jesse moved in with Danny, he lived a pretty wild life with, you know, you know, partying and girls and, you know, the whatnot. Now his best friends pick at him for turning into Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah, they're talking about Jesse living the crazy wildlife with the long hair, music, and the motorcycle and all that. But he's more toned down now, and I just feel like maybe Jesse feels like he's kind of had his wings clipped. Because... Here's this guy still living the life that Jesse was living prior to moving in the house, and Jesse's got that itch. Not the seven-month itch, but he's got that itch of he kind of misses what his life used to be. It's like, dude, look at what you have achieved in this short amount of time. Do you really want to go back to what was? You have a beautiful girlfriend. You have kids that absolutely adore you. He is on the path to an amazing future. Why would you want to give all of that up for just, you know, I don't, I don't, trying to be younger than you are or, or just trying to, you know, to each their own who want to live the, the life, the single life, the childless life, you know, whatever you want to do. You're free to live your life however you want. But it just feels like this would be such a step backwards. And I like that Pete is here to, we'll get to it, that he reminds Jesse just how good he has it and how Pete is actually envious of what Jesse has. And that Jesse's just not realizing that. That's the thing. Sometimes we don't realize how good we have it in some ways until somebody, like, points it out. Like, you, you know how lucky you are? Look at what you got. It's always like it it takes someone kind of pointing out these things to us to really like step back and say, hey, yeah, you can. I mean, sometimes we focus so much on the negative that we forget to think about the good things, you know, and what we're thankful for. We don't always just have to be thankful of our own Thanksgiving. We can be thankful for good the things that we have, you know, three hundred and. 60, the other 364 days of the year. So anyway, uh, the review, of course, finishes up. Unfortunately, Jesse gets a bit too much ribbing from his old friend and decides to do his Dr. Dare motorcycle stunt again. This is, that is unless Becky can stop him. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Definitely. 
So, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner Newbies, a.k.a. the podcast listeners, know where you can listen to the podcast, where you can find the podcast on social media, as well as the email address to reach out to the podcast. So the email address is always going to be in the description, episode description on SoundCloud. O-M-H-C-F-H-F-H-Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to share some of your Full House memories, your favorite characters, least favorite characters... Also, the Facebook page for the podcast, just search Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Only Atlanta Holy Tulipas Podcast will pop up. You can like it, you can follow it, so you know what episodes I'm doing for which month. I don't go order of episodes or air dates or season by season. I do themes based on either a character or... A theme could be a holiday or whatever just pops out of my mind. Also, it does have an Instagram page at OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. Also, if you've been listening for a bit and you're kind of curious what episodes I'm going to be doing in one in which particular months, I did release a mini sewed with my 2022-2023 podcasting schedule. Now, not every single series is necessarily set in stone. I did kind of have to move some stuff around based on what's going on in my life. You know, juggling podcasting, working home, stuff like that. So some stuff may get moved around, more so towards closer to the the end of the year. There's just stuff I wasn't able to get to, so it's like, okay, I'll do a double feature this month instead of doing three or four episodes. Also, for those tuning in who may not know, I started this podcast back in April 2019. As of 2023, I will be wrapping up the Full House portion of the podcast at the end of the year. 2024, we'll be wrapping up the second half of the podcast, which is the Fuller House episodes I haven't gotten to in the last four years of this podcast so towards the towards the end of the year I will be doing a podcasting schedule giving you an update as to what episodes I'm covering for next year I'm basically going to hit from season one through five in or basically I'm going in order that I'm not going to do themes this time around with with Fuller House it's just going to be straight through the episodes I didn't hit in the first time around so I'll just do a mini so to let you know what episodes those are in case you haven't been, you know, following along, you haven't tuned in in a bit, or you're just tuning in for the first time. So, you're, if you're asking yourself, does this mean at the end of 2024 that the Full House, Fuller House podcast is over? No, it doesn't. It means that I am going to be coming up with some new content to provide for the podcast. And by new content, I'm referring to reviewing a few Full House Stephanie books, also some PSAs on YouTube, maybe behind-the-scenes things with the cast of Full House, different things like that. So there is stuff to look forward to. Will it be every single week? No, it will not. Will it be maybe once a month? Possibly, most likely, at that. It will slow down. The other thing is I'm doing some reviews of some of my favorite 80s and 90s kids movies. 
some of those will be family friendly and I will be putting them up on this podcast. Like in April for Earth Day, I released Andre. Just little different things like that. So we'll get to look forward to. Also, if you haven't tuned in in a while and you want to get back into the show, I highly recommend it. If you've been listening and you're like, hey, I really love the show. I want to support the show. I don't ask for, I don't do Patreon. I just, that's just not me. The only thing I ask is a moment of your time. If you could jump on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Another thing about this podcast is that this is considered, in what I've coined the term, Ears of All Ages podcast, which means anybody of any age can listen to it. It is appropriate for you to play in the car while picking up your kids from school, whether you're taking them to soccer practice, whether you're working folding laundry in the house, making dinner, you can play it through your phone. You don't have to worry about any inappropriate content, any F-bombs, any of that stuff. I created this podcast not just because I love the show. I grew up with the show. I'm watching the episodes all the time, not just because I'm podcasting, though, because I have an overall general love of the show. And it's sequel show Fuller House. And I wanted to create a safe space for those that have grown up with the show, they're probably introducing their children to the show and as well as Fuller House. I wanted to be that safe space that you could listen to me review the episodes and also relive my own memories of watching it and just little relatable things that I kind of see going back now after I've taken off the rose-tinted glasses of growing up with the episodes and kind of seeing things with a clearer picture. So, yes. And I do also want to say, I feel I don't say this enough, but I want to thank all of you listeners out there, whether you joined me from the beginning in 2019, whether you've been tuning in the last couple of years, thank you so much. This means the world to me. You all mean the world to me because we have such a love of such a wonderful show that debuted in the fall of 1987 and went on to the spring of 1995. And then continued in 2016 to 2020. So, with its sequel show, Fuller House. I couldn't do this without you guys. All of you out there, honestly. It's just, you are what makes this podcast go around. And not just because I love the show so much, but just my pure dedication to doing my best to get episodes out to you guys. And just, I wanted to be different. I wanted to do themes. I wanted to, you know, really have fun with this. And just, you know, I hope that you all have fun with listening to it. And maybe I'm bringing up stuff from my own life that maybe you can also recollect with the show and say, oh, yeah, that that makes sense. I kind of remember these certain things. Or, oh, yeah, just like my childhood. I'll... All fun stuff like that. So, again, I thank you all, listeners, from the bottom of my heart. You mean so much to me. So, without further ado, let's jump into Dr. Dare Rides again and meet Pete Bianco again, played by Charles in Charge fame, Scott Bayo. But, of course, before we get to Scott Bayo, we, before we meet Pete, we get to see... The Cold Open, which I believe is the naming of Comet. And I remember for the longest time, totally forgot about 
them having a cold open where they named I totally had forgotten the scene it even existed and to find out that it did because you know as you get older and stuff like that not you're not always going to remember certain cold opens or certain scenes and shows and then it's almost like a Christmas present like oh I couldn't I forgot about this scene or I forgot about this little bit of dialogue and stuff because sometimes if you're watching in syndication they may cut some stuff for you know time limits so when you see it in its full release form you're like oh yeah I remember that it's just it's so so cool so yeah let's go into the cold open with the naming of the new Tanner family pet Comet the dog. Which, I love the name Comet, and I love the name Cosmo. R.I.P. Cosmo. It just, oh, that broke my heart when he had passed, and oh. He and Elias, Cosmo the dog and Elias Harger, who played Max, they were inseparable. They had, like, most of the scenes were usually between Max and Cosmo, although you did have Cosmo with Jackson and also Tommy and the rest of the family and stuff like that, but it's just like, oh. And just that he is the lineage, he is like the grandson or great-grandson of Comet. That is just so cool. But All right, I've talked enough. Let's get into the cold open, everybody. So my guess is, is because when the girls picked the puppy out, the puppy was only about four weeks old, which means they'd have to wait another month or so before they could get said puppy. Because when they have the puppy here, Comet looks to be about maybe, I'd say, nine, ten weeks old at this point. Because you want to make sure the puppy has proper socialization skills, that they've been properly weaned, they have their first, you know, shots and all that stuff. Very important. But then again... I've not owned a puppy in a very long time. But I'm part of a couple Golden Retriever Facebook groups. I hear a lot of stuff. And Danny tells girl, the girls, all right, well, we got a new puppy. we got to come up with a name for the puppy. And, of course, right away he asks Michelle, Michelle, do you have a name for the puppy? And Michelle says, yes, Michelle. She's so proud of that. And Danny tells her, well, honey, that's your name. And she says, I like my name. And I'd be like, well, that's a good shot, but let's try again. If you leave it up to Michelle, the, the dog is going to have the name Cookie or Cake or something probably food-related. So Stephanie, of course, includes Mr. Bear in this because he's part of the family. And she says, Mr. Bear and I have the perfect name. Mr. Dog. Oh, my God. And DJ kind of shoots down this answer saying, Steph, seriously, Mr. Dog, look, if you have a kid one day, are you going to call it Mr. Baby? And Stephanie looks in DJ's direction and grins and says, not if it's a girl. Mr. Baby, oh my gosh. So I like what Danny does here, and it always kind of makes me wonder when people, especially families that get a puppy, because you have so many coming up with names, like, what are we going to choose? You, Danny says, why don't we go with something based on their personality, something that kind of fits? Because sometimes there are those out there that probably will already choose the name before you even get the puppy. And there are others like, well, let's wait a minute. Let's kind of watch and see how they are, and then maybe the name will just come to us. So Danny says, I think we should name <laughs> the puppy something that fits his personality, like Puddles. It's like, well, of course he's going to pee around the house because... Pup's not housebroken. 
I'm sure some readers actually include that in the price. It's like, hey, if you want the pup to be housebroken before we bring it to you, uh, you know, crate train, all that stuff, they can do that. They could probably even work on some basic commands prior to you getting the puppy. But more than likely, that's just also adding to the price of how much you want me to pre-train the pup before we send it home with you. It's going to cost you a little extra. So DJ is the one who comes up with the name Common. I think growing up watching this show, because I don't remember if I had seen the cold open, I definitely didn't remember it. I just assumed that the reason Comet got his name is because Danny named him after the Comet cleaning product. And I always assumed, like, that's how he got his name. Because he's fast and he's got a tail. That's why she decides to call him Comet. Danny says, and he only hits the newspaper once every 76 years. Stephanie says, yeah, Comet. I can live with that. So, of course, Michelle isn't happy. She says, I like Michelle. And she gets up and... Walks out of the room with her hands, her fists on her hips. There's already one Michelle. There can't be two Michelles because that would be confusing. The dog would be thinking you'd be talking to them when you, in fact, are talking to Michelle, the child. Okay, girls, we have to name our new puppy. Michelle, do you have a name for the puppy? Yes, Michelle. That's your name. You like my name. <laughs> Mr. Bear and I have the perfect name, Mr. Dog. Mr. Dog? Steph, when you have a kid someday, what are you going to name it? Mr. Baby? Not if it's a girl. I think we should name the puppy something that fits its personality, like Puddles. Dad, I have the perfect name. Comet. Because he's fast and he's got a tail. And he only hits the newspaper once every 76 years. Comet. I can look at that. Like my shell. Okay, so I'm gonna real quick play a clip from <laughs> the movie Beethoven because I I honestly can't think other than this movie any other movies that involve a scene of the naming of a pet. Or a name, well, a naming of a dog, really. I remember in Andre, there was the naming of Andre, but that that's about it. But no, I'm just, gosh, I, I think I should look that up. I think that would be fun. All right, so here we go. The naming <laughs> of the puppy Beethoven. And I like how Alice does this. She has the suggestions and a hat and a baseball cap that she's just kind of moving around. <laughs> and the suggestions she does have, um, <laughs> they're not that great. And then Rice and Ted start spewing out ideas of what was popular in the early 90s, pop culture-wise. So here we go. Just call the dog Rover. Mom, please. Come on, MC Hammer. MC Hammer. Ultimate MC Hammer. 
right, so we're in the kitchen. Looks like it could very well be after dinner because they already got bowls of ice cream ready to go. It looks like the kitchen table is pushed so far back from where it normally is right in front of the window, and I'm not sure why. But we got Michelle in her booster seat, and we have Stephanie holding Comet. And Becky's there, and she's petting Comet, and she's looking at her watch. Oh, what is taking your dad so long? Like, we work at the same place. Oh, no. Okay, no, Danny's upstairs. She's like, Danny, come on. We're going to miss our plane to L.A. There are two bowls of ice cream up there. How many? Is Joey having all three bowls? So, Danny comes down. He's got what looks like, I'm not sure what that is. Is that a mini, like, briefcase? He, he's like, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming. As he come down, comes down the stairs, like, guys, oh, don't forget to watch our show tomorrow. Like they would ever forget to. That show is the reason you still can live in that house. So Comet has a cardboard box with a blanket in it right by this. That's the thing. I would still put that baby gate up at that stairs because he could tumble. He's still a puppy. He's still growing. His bones haven't fully fused. He could take a tumble down those steps and break something. And not to mention, Michelle is still, the last thing you want her doing is falling down those stairs. Or even him, you know, trying to go up the stairs. It's just, I know that they're like, you might want to avoid that for a while until their bones have fully fused. And Becky fills in with, like, guess, not only are we live from Fashion Expo 90, Danny and I are going to get total fashion makeovers. That, that does kind of sound like, eh, I mean. It does sound kind of fun. I mean, you don't got to pay for the clothes. I, I don't think you get to keep them. But I don't know. Maybe they're giving away samples. That could be designers like, oh, no, keep them. Keep them. You know, you're wearing my my signature style, my design, basically. And you're getting word out because, you know, this is before Internet. So probably the best way for a designer to get their clothes out before they make it into stores or they get picked up by a company to make their clothes is to have somebody wearing them and that way they'll get noticed, complimented, and say, oh, where'd you get that? And they'll say, well, I got it from this designer, they're up and coming, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Danny says, oh yeah, that's right. I'm leaving as Danny Tanner, but I'll be returning as Danny Style. <laughs> I like how he pulls open his suit jacket and he like points a finger gun inside. Like he's a model on a runway. Oh, he's got his carry-on and he's got his actual luggage. Jesse is wearing a really cool apron. It almost looks like if Toy Story had come out in like 1989 versus 1995. Because it's got the, ba the golden beige vest with the red bandana tied around the neck because you only see it from below the neck you see a checkered red shirt underneath you see a sheriff's badge it's a really cool apron i don't know if i've seen that apron before but definitely i'd wear it danny is pretending he's on a runway and like mugging <laughs> 
So, Stephanie asked for, I get it, the puppy's new, you want to take it with you everywhere. It's like, oh, we're bonding. Hey, Dad, when you're gone, can Comet sleep with me in my bed? I'd be like, honey, the dog is still being potty trained. It's going to pee and poo all over. You, you, just, you, you can't have that. Not to mention, if you think, oh, yeah, puppy's going to sleep in the bed, he's going to stay asleep. No, he is not. I can guarantee, I bet he won't sleep through the night gonna be up, you know, chewing on stuff, getting into stuff they probably shouldn't be getting into. So I understand why Danny puts the kibosh on that right away. Like, oh, honey, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't want to hear about you sleeping in, in his box. Uh, he says, no, honey, Comet sleeps in the kitchen. So Danny kisses the girls goodbye, and Becky kisses DJ goodbye, and they head out. I take it, then... Becky's already got to have her stuff, like, ready to go in the car because she's taking nothing with her except for, I think Danny's also, I think that may be a garment bag, too. Fly safe. Yes, that's the other thing. That's what I say when I say goodbye to, like, hey, go drive safe, be careful out there, that kind of thing, because you never know. You, you never know. What is taking your dad so long? Danny, come on! We're gonna miss our plane to L.A. We still gotta get to the airport. Guys, don't forget to watch our show tomorrow. Not only are we live in Fashion Expo 90, but Danny and I are gonna get total fashion makeovers. That's right. I'm leaving as Danny Tanner, but I'll be returning as Danny Style. <laughs> Dad, where are you going? Can come and sleep with me in my bed? No, honey. Comet sleeps in the kitchen. And I don't want to hear about you sleeping in his box. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Dad. Have fun. Bye. 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 See you later. Bye. 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 Bye
whipped cream on it. I don't know. When I think, I mean, I definitely don't like cherries, so nothing like that. But anything else, I mean, come on. That is just ice cream in a bowl. Just because you put ice cream in a bowl and give it to someone doesn't mean that there's it's considered a sundae because there's nothing. There's no toppings. There's no Oreo crumbles. There's nothing. I mean, and the thing is, there you walk down an aisle that has ice cream toppings, you have, there's even a marshmallow topping, you know, butterscotch, little candy crush candy, different, different things. There's so many options now. One of the things that's cool about, you know, living in Texas with the Bluebell ice cream, and just about every single month they come out with a new flavor. The last one they just came out with was the Dr. Pepper ice cream float. And I've had, some, they, luckily, they make it in pint size because sometimes when they introduce a flavor it's usually in like the half gallon size it's like my freezer's not big enough to have a big gallon but another one is ben and jerry's has really good ice cream too the gimme s'more ice cream oh my gosh anything that's got graham cracker in it oh marshmallow oh my goodness it's amazing there's another one that's supposed to be like dairy free or something or GMO I don't really pay attention to that stuff but there's one called it's really hard to find it's like seven layer um seven layer bar or something it's, I think it's like coconut ice cream and it's got like graham cracker in it and walnuts and stuff it's really really good see now I want ice cream so machine Stephanie tricks Michelle saying, oh, look, Michelle P.B. Herman. And she turns in her booster seat and like, Where, where's P.B. Herman? Stephanie puts the dog on the table. And the dog just starts eating away at the ice cream. We're like, again, it looks like there could be chocolate sauce. Yeah, even on the scoop, there's like chocolate around the rim. It's like that poor dog. That dog is chowing down on that ice cream like it hasn't had a meal all day. Because she's always like, oh, Steph, what are you doing? Get the dog off the table. I want to get the dog off the table. People eat there. And Michelle, <laughs> oh, you don't get between her and her ice cream. She goes, hey, a doggy ate my ice cream. Chloe, get in there and take the bowl away. Get the dog off the table. Because she's like literally, Stephanie's like holding the dog down in place as the dog wolfs down. <laughs> that bowl of ice cream. Literally, the dog is going to town like it hasn't had a meal all day. Puppy, I think they will eat anything you put in front of them, especially puppies. Anything food, not food related, it's going down the hatch. And Joey finally gets in with, all right, all right here, here, I'll take the dog. Come on now. Ah, uh, doggy just got on Michelle's bad side. She's bad doggy. Sweetie, we'll fix you another bowl. But of course, it's like, hey, let's trade the bowl with the dog slobber. And Stephanie says, Michelle, Michelle, don't have a cow, okay? I'm like, okay, Steph, then you eat the dog slobber ice cream. And Stephanie's like, here, trade with DJ. As she, she, <laughs> Stephanie swings the bowl across the table to DJ. Yeah, she slides the bowl across to DJ and takes DJ's bowl. And DJ is like, ew. She says, I don't want to dish a doggy drool. You know, I mean, who knows where that dog's mouth has been. Ugh. Yeah, dump that in the trash, put it in the sink, sanitize it. 
like, honey, let me fix you up another ice cream. It'll be fine. It's not a big deal. So Michelle looks at, uh, at Jesse's Uncle Jesse, and Jesse, yes, may I help you? And she said, the doggy ate my ice cream. It's like, the doggy ate your ice cream? So he gets the girls to cheer Michelle up, because Michelle's feeling, just give her another, give her two scoops. She'll be up all night, but make her happy. But no, they're going to, like, sing the farmer in the dell. It's time for my extra sloppy. Can't help but make a mess, but it's okay because Danny's out of town. Ice cream Sunday. <laughs> Comet wants a Sunday too. Steph, Comet's a dog. If he wants a Sunday, tell him to go chase the good humor man. <laughs> okay, Michelle, here you go. And each knock yourself out. Thank you. Michelle, look, Pee Wee Hermit. <laughs> Where's Pee Wee Hermit? Hey, Steph, what are you doing? Hey, a doggy ate my elf. <laughs> all right, all right. Here, here, here. I'll take the dog. Come on. Bad doggy. Michelle, don't have the cow. Bad dog. Here, try with DJ. Ugh. I want to dish a doggy drool. I'll get it. So Joey opens the door and there, of course, in a jean jacket, but the arms are like leather, is Scott Bayo playing. Pete Bianco. And the thing is, I think that, because it seems like his hair is normally kind of Charleston Charge. I'm used to, his hair is, you know, dark, dark brown, almost bordering on black. Or maybe it is. Here, it looks like he may be wearing extensions. Honestly, I think it even may be just a full-on wig. Because his hair looks lighter than what it normally is. And the audience goes cuckoo banana bread crazy. So, of course, Dave Coulier and Scott Bayo just kind of stand there while the audience <laughs> just lets loose. <laughs> he, like, he backs up because he's not expecting to see Joey there. I don't even know how did he... Probably from the Rippers probably got the address from that. Because he steps back onto the doorstep and looks to check that the house numbers are right because he was not expecting Joey. And then Pete comes in saying, all right, where is he? And Joey, I like how he kind of mimics Pete saying, all right, where's who? A Jess man? Oh my gosh, did we jump ahead two seasons to Captain Video? He's like, yeah, the Jess man, the big J. The jester himself. They are really riding these nicknames. Hasn't seen him in three years. So before Pam passed and Jesse moved into the house, he'd been hanging out with Pete. Yet we've never met this guy. Didn't even know he existed till now. And Joey says, oh yeah, he's in the kitchen with the girls. 
And of course Pete takes us the wrong way when Joyce says, oh yeah, he's in the kitchen with the girls. And Pete's like, girls, yeah? <laughs> Same old Jets. And Pete says, yeah, it's like he knew I was coming here. And I like how Joey kind of throws his hands like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I've never heard of you before today. He doesn't even know his, this guy. I don't even think Pete introduced himself. Himself. Where is he, man? I haven't seen him in three years. He's in the kitchen with the girls. Girls? Yeah? yeah right. The same old Jess. <laughs> I mean, it's like he knew I was coming here. The farmer. Well, they're doing the farmer and the Dell, and Stephanie, DJ, and Michelle are holding Michelle's hands, and they're both going around in a circle around Jesse as he's clapping his hands. And Pete kind of looks back at Joy like, what? what is this? And Joy's like, hey, I would have told you if you would have hung out in the living room a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it's been three years. They haven't talked. He has no idea what Jesse's doing with his life. Clearly, I'm surprised he didn't say, hey, you cut your hair. Well, he, uh, Pete ends up, like, getting in on this ring around the rosy Farmer Adele thing to surprise Jesse. So, right away, Pete's already ragging on him, calling him Mother Goose. Jesse's like, Pete Bianco! They start calling each other Scumbucket, Lowlife, Dirtball, and then they hug. So apparently he's been in Europe this whole time. Oh my gosh! So just kind of like uh, Carrie Fowler, who's also been in Europe. Because Pete says he just got back from Europe. I guess he's been there for three years. What's he been doing this whole time? Probably riding around on his motorcycle. So... He is so jazzed, and he, of course, forgets there are children in the room. He says, oh, oh, get this, Jess. I learned how to say, trust me, babe, in three different languages. That's concerning. That is definitely concerning. I don't like that. Twelve different languages, not three. Wow. And Jesse's like, oh, man, you look great. And Pete says, yeah, love this apron, Jess. It's a very festive apron you're wearing. Okay, so they start reminiscing, because Jesse's like, hey, remember the first time we met? They are talking about fight, getting into a fight, shoving each other against the lockers over a girl when they're actually twin girls that they're fighting over. And it's like, what are we doing? There's two of them. And you just see Stephanie and DJ kind of give each other a look like, Okay. It's almost like one of those you had to be there moments. Scarcella sisters, something like that, and Donna and Barbara. And this is the thing. This is what honestly makes me think like that Jesse and his family have not always lived in San Francisco. Cause you have Pete Bianco with a name that sounds, you know, vaguely Italian. You got the Scrisselli, again, also sounding kind of Italian-ish. Um, I don't know. Part of me just, and his dad's got a Brooklyn-ish accent, like he's from the Bronx, like he's from New York or Jersey or wherever. So it just feels like 
Jesse did spend some of his childhood before coming to San Francisco in California in New York. I just, I get this feeling. Even Jesse's mom has got an accent like she's from the Bronx. So Jesse introduces DJ Stephanie and Michelle to Pete. Michelle will not let the whole, like, the doggy ate me out screen. Like, Pete, <laughs> she's like telling this to whoever will give her. It, who even glances in her direction. And he also introduces Joey, because Joey didn't introduce himself. But then again, neither did Pete when, you know, he opened the door. So Jesse says, this is my best pal and my partner in advertising. This is Joey Gladstone. And Joey shakes his hand and says, oh yeah, Pete and I, we go all the way back to the living room. <laughs> More like the front door. <laughs> oh, come on, Pete. It's like, what, Jess? You're in advertising now? What, you turn into a suit on me? Like, so what, basically he's got like a nine-to-five job? Oh, no. Here we come with the Dr. Dare finally pops out. What happened to the Dr. Dare that I used to know and love? Well, the, I'll tell you right now, Pete, that person is pretty much gone. The Jesse you see before you is new and improved. And, of course, we wouldn't know about Dr. Dare unless DJ asks, oh, who's Dr. Dare? You don't gotta tell the girls how much of a wild man their uncle is. It's only been two years since he moved into that house, so you know what he was like in the beginning. With the long hair, he still got the motorcycle, jamming out with his band. Yeah, and Pete says this guy never, ever turned down a dare. So here comes Pete already dish dishing out these stairs. So you're going a little soft on me, Jess. I dare you. You really think you can keep up with me? Pete says, I dare you. I double dare you to keep up with me for two days. I mean, like, um, Jesse has responsibilities, a girlfriend, and a job. But Jesse takes it seriously. Oh, like, oh yeah, I'll keep up with you, all right? You'll be eating my dust. You got it, Chief. Oh, he stole that from Harry. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it just, it's, it seems like it doesn't take long to break Jesse into, oh, yeah, let me get my motorcycle. We're going to tear this town apart, and I'm going to show you as he smacks Pete's cheeks. Like, I'm going to show you what Dr. Dare is all about. It's, honestly, it, it just seems like as you get older and you take on new responsibilities of being a, you know, a, a spouse and a job and all that stuff, your wild ways just kind of get put behind you, but then boom, someone comes out from your former childhood crazy days and it's like you slip right back into that person that you used to be. Jesse is pumped! He's like yelling... Slam the door open from the kitchen to the living room. Dr. Dare rides again! <laughs> but then he comes back and he's like, I'm not in this apron, though. <laughs> he's really struggling to get that thing off of himself. I love how Joey just looks at him like, oh my gosh. Audience, when he finally gets that cowboy apron off and throws it on the ground, the audience just cheers. The swagger as he turns around and walks out that door into the living room. My goodness. The ladies are going cray-cray for him. Samos and Bayo. Oh, my goodness. DJ and Steph have no idea what to make of Jesse. 
Jesse and Pete rolling in from whether they're going on a, a bar crawl or just driving around town. They're coming home shouting, singing Louie Louie up the stairs. And then Jesse's like, oh, the girls are asleep. And they start whispering. And then they go into his room and they start jamming on their guitars. I'm thinking, they're lucky it's not a school night because, yeah. Because Joey ends up coming up like, hey, the girls are, well, it turns out the girls are coming in and like, oh, music. And they start dancing. Joey's like, Jess, what are you doing? You're going to wreck the, what the, oh. <laughs> he realizes gr- the girls are already in the room. So. <sighs> You've already welcomed them up. You mean, yeah, no, be on it. So, yeah, they're concerned, so they start whisper singing, but as soon, again, as soon as they're in Jesse's room, the guitars come out, they start singing, and then we cut over across the hall to DJ and Steph's room, we're like, what, what is it, what's going on? So they go check it out, of course Comet is sleeping in Stephanie's bed, he hasn't peed all over her mattress or anything. She's like, keep my pillow warm and dry. 
I don't think they've been asleep that long because they're usually in a deep sleep. But then again, if you're a light sleeper like me, things can easily wake you up. What's the thing about this Louis Louis song? It seems like half the time when you're they're singing it, not just this, but also on American Dreams is another they were singing Louie Louie in the locker room or whatever, and like, oh, I don't know that no one apparently knows the words to Louie Louie or all the words, just Louie Louie. This feels like the old days, man. What you gotta do is cover for me. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, thanks, Joey. Oh, and uh, don't worry. We'll be back here in time for the party, okay? Uh, wait a second. Uh, what party? What? It's a big reunion. We got the whole band back together. That's right. You guys are all invited because, uh, well, because you live here. <laughs> Bye. Right, party! You two, back to bed. Let's go. driving up to Lake Tahoe, like, right now, so what you gotta do is cover for me, okay? And, oh, by the way, oh, as they're walking out of Jesse's room, Pete's like, oh, don't worry, we'll be back in time for the party, and Joey's like, what, wait, wait a minute, what party are you talking about? And they're like, oh, Joey, you don't know? The whole band is getting back together, as in feedback, Jesse and the Ribbards, which probably includes most of Feedback Band members, big old party. So, they're out the door. The girls are hyped up. You'd think they ate a bowl full of sugar. Like, party, party. <laughs> He's like, okay, you too. Go back to bed. So, Joey takes Michelle back into her room because she's got her nice big girl pencil bed. Here's Comet. I know he wasn't going to hang out for very long in one space, in one place. And Michelle, of course, is not on the best terms. Comet's not on the best terms with Michelle because of, you know, the whole ice cream stealing thing. Fiasco. So I like how Joey incorporates this, like, Comet speaking, whispering in his ear, an apology for Michelle. And then he, like... <laughs> uses Comet's tail to like wag in front of her face. It's adorable. Okay, Michelle, let's get you into. Well, who is this? That doggy. That dog is about Michelle, to why are you mad at Comet? The doggy ate my elf queen. Remember? <laughs> well, come here, Comet. Yeah? Yeah, you're not yet. <laughs> Comet says he's very sorry, and <gasps> look, his tail's wagging. <laughs> that means he loves you very, very much. Okay, we're friends. 
so, so adorable. <laughs> so Michelle makes up with comment, like, okay, we're friends. That puppy just, puppies are wiggly. They don't want to stay in one place very long, especially if you're trying to hold them and stuff like that. So you just see the puppies like, okay, I'm done. Okay, let me go. Okay, enough of this. Oh, cut to the party. We got Jesse entertaining. He and... <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Scott, but no, it's Pete. Um, they're entertaining with Roger and the rest of the band members and all these other people. Not to mention Jesse's ex-girlfriend, Donna, who's wearing a skin-tight, low-cut dress that's got, like, cheetah-slash-leopard prints. It's got sky blue mixed with white. It's just... Uh. And clearly she has not moved on because she is still into Jesse. Okay, so he's got, Jessica got stories that could go on for days. Talking about a story of New Year's Eve in Baja. Jesse got around on that motorcycle, traveling here, there, and everywhere. So, yeah, it was when he and Pete went on one of their trips. They went to Baja, and they took over this little cantina, little restaurant area. They did a mariachi version of Love Stinks. So he starts talking about them meeting a couple ladies, and then, boom, here come DJ and Stephanie, and they're like, oh, we gotta clean it up because the kids are here. Who are all these other people? People they went to school with? These aren't all members of the Rippers and the band Feedback. Where did they find all these other people? This is like a, high, a mini high school reunion. DJ's like, she notices the room goes quiet, and she's like, uh, so then what happened? Didn't you kind of, when you were a kid and you, like, the adults were all talking about whatever, and then you walk into a room and all of a sudden the conversation just stops, and you're like, no, don't stop on my account, keep talking. I just, like, you hear so much when you're the quiet one and you walk into a room that no one, like, realizes you're there, and it's just, like, people just keep talking, but... It's the ones where it's like you walk in and they stop talking because, like, oh, you're just getting to the good part, and, oh, man. Half the time, it's probably not nearly as good as you're hoping for. Like, oh, that's it? Mm, okay. <clears throat> I was hoping it was something, a good story. So, Jesse gives a G-rated version of taking the nice senoritas to an art history museum. Took them to a museum and taught them all about the history of El Pollo Loco. And all the adults just laughed like, oh, yeah, I bet you did. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's like, yeah, gee, you know what I tell them. Like, they know, yeah, wild times, absolutely. <laughs> Not kid-appropriate wild times. Of course, Stephanie jumps in with this, like, oh, we have wild times, too. Last week, Uncle Jesse took my class to a dairy farm. Yeah, Uncle Jesse last month organized my class trip to the dairy Pete again with the ribbing, like, oh, wow, Jess, life in the fast lane, the dairy farm, huh? Ooh. <laughs> All right, tell about that story down at New Year's Eve. Where was it? Baja, Baja. Tell about that story. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, we took over this little cantina, and, and we did a mariachi version of Love Stinks. <laughs> and it stunk. <laughs> oh, after, after we met those little senoritas and... Yep. So then what happened? 
No. So then we, we, we took the nice senoritas to a museum and we taught them all about the history of El Pollo Loco. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, we, uh, we had some wild times. That's right. We had wild times, too. Last month, Uncle Jesse organized my class trip to the dairy. Whoa, life in the fast lane, huh? So, um, hold on a sec. Jesse organized a trip? Where are the teachers? So is it, what, he's a poly parent volunteer for the class, so he has to organize a trip? Did he drive the school bus, too? <laughs> Why wouldn't that be up to the school and the teachers to organize that? Unless he organized the money with a car wash or a bake sale or something to raise money to go to this dairy farm? You know they'd have to drive out in the country. She said the dairy, but I'm guessing it's like a dairy farm. So here we go with Joey and Jesse's ex, Donna. He has got, before Becky, he definitely felt, I felt like he had a type for blondes. With Donna, you had Carrie Fowler from high school. But then again, you had... Jill, the brunette, Robin, also a brunette, you know, different women, blondes, brown hair, what have you. So Joey just thinks this is a woman that he can hit on that is unattached. She clearly probably is unattached, but um, he does not know that she has history with Jesse. He's like, hi, I'm Joey Gladstone. I'm Jesse's partner. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm Donna, Jesse's ex-girlfriend. Oh, she didn't say ex-girlfriend. She says old girlfriend. And then she adds, Jesse looks great tonight, doesn't he? I'm like, girl, you slow your roll. You know what? On second thought, why don't you go out the front door and leave? Jesse made the right choice with Becky. She turns and walks towards Jesse, and the camera just stays on her as she walks away. And Joey's like, yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Joey, please. Happened to Karina from season one. We only saw her for an episode, and I'm just wondering maybe odds are it just didn't work out. But then again, we could say the same thing about some of the others that Joey has been with. And Michelle goes over to Pete and says, Hi, Pete. And he's like, Hey, Michelle. Hey, isn't it a little past your bedtime? She's like, I don't know. I can't tell time. That is the cutest dress. I may, if I don't find anything else that I like in this episode, clothes wise, she may get the outfit, best outfit for the episode. Hi, I'm Joey Gladstone. I'm with Jesse's partner. Hi, I'm Donna, Jesse's old girlfriend. He looks great tonight, doesn't he? Yeah, he's also attached to somebody. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing myself. Hi, Pete. Hi, Michelle. Is it past your bedtime? I don't know. I can't get time. Okay, Roger's on the drums. And, all right, we're all set, guys. Let's do this. So, of course, Pete jumps on the mic and says, hey. He starts by saying, hey, everybody, look. I know we said we'd never play together again. He says, if the Who and the Stones can get back together, so can feedback. That is an interesting, I mean, honestly, I kind of like it a little more than um, Discipline Problem, Jesse's other high school band. He's kind of had a lot of bands in his time. Jesse's like, that's right, so let's hit it. <laughs> and starts the music. He is in for a surprise. That's it, guys. Let's do it. All right, now. 
Listen up, everybody. I know that we said we'd uh, we'd never play together again, but I figure if the Who and the Stones could get back together, so can feedback. That's right. So let's hit it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Receptions that at least that I've been to over the last like thirty some thirty some years. Yes, that. Mm. But it's like those songs that really get you up out of your seat. And it's like you just you have to get into it because you can't not. But. We have so many guitar players, guitar players, and everyone just, I like, during the, where they're, Jesse and Peter going a little bit something now, and they're like, the singer's like literally on the floor, like they got that mic all the way down to the floor, and, <laughs> and yeah, Joey's like, do the alligator, which I guess is like on your back on the floor, and you're moving your hands and legs above your head or something, I don't know, it's, and Stephanie's like, hey, DJ, have you ever seen anyone do that before? And DJ says, yeah, once when a bee flew up dead shorts. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I like how Michelle's holding the tambourine and Jessie's like shaking it with her soul attached to it. It's just so cute. Michelle just throws an arm in the air saying, party, dude. And then they br jump right into the next song, which... Oh, Jesse's not expecting <laughs> Danny and Becky walk in. This is not the first nor will it ever be the last time that somebody has walked through that front door and walked in on something maybe they weren't supposed to necessarily see. Oh, <laughs> Oh, my God. 
now. So Donna takes this as an invitation to take Jesse's hand as he starts singing to her. No one in the house is even looking towards the front door as Danny and Becky walk in. Glam Central. Becky's wearing like a full fur jacket. And Danny, of course, because he's still got a little bit of a mullet, they've slicked his hair back to the point where he's got a little baby mini ponytail. And he's wearing really classy shades. He's wearing a expensive-looking suit. He just... I was thinking about that, I think, early this morning as I was trying to fall back to sleep. Um, who he kind of reminds... He reminds me of the villain from Three Ninjas. Like, any slick-back-haired ponytail villain from any... 90s family movie. Yeah. Speaking of Three Ninjas, I definitely want to cover that on the podcast at some point. So, he's dancing with her, and he does not see Becky. Of course he doesn't, because she comes up behind him, taps him on, taps, taps him on the shoulder. He's saying, I got a woman who's mean as she can be. He turns around, sees Becky, just kind of, it's kind of like a glare, but a, oh boy, are you in for it now kind of look. And he's like, oh, boy, does she look mean. Yeah, she ain't happy. She's like, I go away overnight to this glam fashion 90 expo, get a makeover, and uh, (laughs) I see you dancing with whoever this blonde is. Yeah. So Jesse, of course, is going to try to explain this. Everybody, I'd like you to meet the love of my life, Rebecca Donaldson. And quite frankly, doesn't she look beautiful this evening? Who's the blonde? Yeah. Well, this is my old girlfriend, Donna. My old, 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 old girlfriend. Hi, Becky. Hello, Donna. (laughs) Why don't we go meet some people I haven't dated, shall we? Is that really you? Yes, Joy. And I would be really steamed if I did not look so cool. Well, may I say that you look just like cappuccino come alive. Oh, thank you, Joy, Joy, Joy. But look around at these people. They have no sense of style. (laughs) Jesse, can I talk to you? Look, I have everything under control. You look very cute, by the way. <laughs> girls, it's time to go to bed. Jess, I'll say goodnight to the girls, and you say goodnight to Donna. <laughs> okay, Michelle, time for bed. No more party? No more party. Oh, next. Well, girls, what do you think of your new rad, bad dad? <laughs> Stephanie, that dog slept in your room last night, didn't he? So I like how Becky right away zeroes in on Donna as she asks, oh, yeah, it's right, everything. Like, oh, everyone, this is the love of my life, Rebecca Donaldson, and doesn't she look great? And Becky doesn't even, she's like, <laughs> who's the blonde? And she's like, oh, that's my old, my old, old, old girl, like, 20, like, 18, 19-year-old, like, girlfriend. 
And Donna looks so apprehensive. She's like, hi, Becky. And Becky, I mean, her looks could, like, cut like a knife because she's like, hi, Donna. So, of course, Becky's like, Jess, I'll say goodnight to the girls and you say uh, goodnight to Donna. But, of course, this is um, when... (laughs) Jesse like takes her and says, "Oh, let me introduce you to some people I haven't dated." So of course, first of all, goes over to Pete. Becky goes over to the girls and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, girls, it's time for bed." And Michelle's like, "What? No more party?" And Becky says, "No, not sorry, no more party." Joey, I love how he says, "Oh, Danny, you look cap like cappuccino come alive," and just a like, chef kiss. <laughs> And Stephanie saying, well, the fact that Danny looks around and he takes off his top coat and says, he slings it over his back shoulder and says, oh, but look at all these people. They have no sense of style. And Danny just looks, he does, he, he just looks like a slicked back ponytail 90s kids movie villain. And Stephanie <laughs> kind of throws herself under the bus by saying, Daddy, you look so handsome. I want to take you. Because he's like, what do you girls think of your new rad bad dad? And Stephanie says, Daddy, you look so handsome. I want to take you to show and tell. He's like, oh, thanks, honey. That dog slept in, slept in your room last night, didn't he? And she's like, uh. So Roger, of course, still on the drums. is like, hey, a little twist and shout. Come on, guys. And like, and then, then, and they jump into it. And Jesse shuts that down. Like, the girls are going Betty by. They're all like Betty buys, <laughs> Betty buys. <laughs> Gary is actually like Betty buy. <laughs> as soon as Roger starts beating on the drums, Jesse says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Munchkins have to go nighty night, and then he looks around. He's like, "Uh, I mean, kids are going Betty buy." <laughs> How Gary's got like an arm kind of propped up on Jesse's shoulder, saying <laughs> Betty buy. And Pete, again with the rubbing, which I think at this point is starting to really get to Jesse and rub him the wrong way. Because he's like, wow, Jess, you've gone from Dr. Dare to Dr. Seuss. What's with you? Guy, Jesse's grown up in the last two years. I don't know why you haven't, but maybe you'll grow up at your own speed or you're just comfortable living the life you're living. Jesse's not about that. Why why doesn't he kind of... Why doesn't Pete just kind of back off a little bit? It's like, you see, this is his life. This is what he's doing. This is how he's living. He's not about that life anymore. But all of this is just making Jesse wonder how things would be different if he still lived the same lifestyle as Pete. And Jesse's like, what, you don't think I'm the same guy? And... Pete's like, hey, Roger, give me that tape. There's a home movie that they captured of Jesse popping a wheelie on his motorcycle on the ledge of a tall building. And Pete's like, oh, everyone have a seat on the couch over here. And then wheel that TV on that cart over here. And Jesse's like, what? what is this? Like, this is my life or something? There are like 50 people in this living room. And shout. What do you say? Tony, let's go. Take it. Cool it, cool it now. The little munchkins have to go nighty night. <laughs> yes, kids, the kids are going Betty Bye. Betty Bye. Well, you definitely have changed, Jess. You've gone from uh, from Dr. Dare to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Come on, Dr. Dare. Come 
we see this video with Je Jesse back when he had long hair. The, still, of course, short hair, but it's got a little bit of a fall to it. It's not as long as season one because, you know, he cut his hair. And, of course, we see Donna there in a jean jacket and her hair just, I mean, her hair looks nice here, but it's just really, I mean, it's supposed to be 1983 in this video, so, like, six years ago. And he's daring Jesse to do a wheelie on a riding on the ledge of a, I don't know, two-story building, three-story building, I don't know. But when they show the drop, it's, it's a ways down. And, of course, they, like, oh, don't go yet, Jess, because, like, Roger and Pete go over with the camera. And this is the thing, it just seemed like... Because it was of the times on TV shows, you'd have to say, oh, kids, don't try this at home. And I'm sure that's, like, not the only time you've seen that in either a movie or a TV show. It's almost like you had to tell kids, don't play with firecrackers. You'll, you know, get hurt or whatever. Now it's like, don't eat Tide Pods, even though this was how many years ago? The fact that you would have to... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Between that generation and this generation, I just, I don't know anymore. But no, he doesn't. He pops a wheelie on the ledge of a building. And he's cheering as people are cheering for him. Like, thank you, thank you. He just, he loves it. He loves the, the attention that he's getting from this. So it's almost like kind of a slap in the face that Pete is doing to Jesse. Like, this is who you used to be. We love that person. Why aren't you still that person? And it just seems like... It's almost like he's calling Jesse like a wet blanket. Like, oh, wow. You're just... 
Yeah, he even calls him, like, Mr. Mom. And Jesse feels like, oh, I have to prove to you, Pete, and all these people that I'm still the person that I was. It's like, maybe there's a reason you're not that person anymore. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever think that maybe you wouldn't have Becky in your life if you were that still that same person? I don't think Danny would want that person around his girls. I don't think Pam would either. Jesse just wild and unpredictable and just... We're going to learn and get a little backstory from DJ's POV of what life was like before Jesse moved into the house when he was just their uncle that was just here, there, and everywhere and would come along on Christmas or maybe come by with a present on one of their birthdays or something. He's like, oh, you you think it was tough then? You got to see Dr. Seuss now taking kids to the dairy. Carpooling second graders to the dairy. Everyone is just laughing at him. Who are all these people? I mean, I see Joey. I see the bandmates of the Rippers. I see Donna. But who is everyone else? These gotta be people that he went to high school with or something. Because otherwise, where do they know them from? And Jesse's like, what? Seriously, you don't think I could take that ledge again if I wanted to do that? And even Pete's like, yeah, no way. <laughs> no way could you take that ledge again. Everyone's like, no, I don't think you could. Someone's like, you've gone soft, Jess. He's got a lot more, just as much, you know, he's got a lot more at stake now than he even did when he was... Because those girls and everyone depends on him and, and everything like that now. And he's got a girlfriend and it's just... There's, I think there's more at stake if he were to risk himself and do that. You want to you wanna dare? Go and uh, go over those uh, tire shredder things with your motorcycle again when you broke both your arms in season uh, two. Why don't you do that for a dare? Oh, he's already done it. So... <laughs> He's calling their bluff. He's like, come on, follow me. And as he grabs his jacket and goes out the door, Pete's kind of looking like, oh, man, I should not have. He's like, he pushed him too far, he realizes. It's like, Pete, of course, in his mind, he's like, oh, in his defense, he's like, oh, I'm just having fun. We're just making fun of you. That's all. I didn't think you'd take me seriously. It's like, no, you've been ribbing him enough and pushing him enough to the point where he feels like, oh, I have to prove to myself that he's even saying yeah, Pete's even daring, like, I dare you to keep up with me for two days in this lifestyle. So, Pete goes after Jesse out the door, and then Joey's also shouting, Jess, get back here, this is stupid. Becky comes down for probably saying goodnight to the go the girls, and she's all like, what's what's going on? And then Joey's like, I'll, I'll get in the come, come with me, get in the car, I'll, I'll explain on the way. And I'd be like, what? What? I'd be like, what did I just miss? I was upstairs from like, Five minutes! All the other party goers, because what are they going to do? Just hang around there? No. They're going to go check this out. You guys think he was tough back then? You got to see Dr. Seuss now. Carpool second graders to the dairy. <laughs>
So, Jesse and Pete get up on that. I'm surprised. This must be, is this uh, on top of a parking garage would be my guess? Because how are they? I don't know. But Jesse pulls his helmet off and he's like, what? And Pete gets off his bike and says, Jess, I was just kidding back there with that Dr. Seuss stuff. Seriously. Nobody dared you to do this, Jesse. And Jesse says, I'm daring you to do this. It's like, literally, he feels he has to prove to himself he's still that person. Jesse, you don't have to be that person anymore. No one's asking that of you. And why do you feel like you're only half yourself if you're not the person you used to be? There's a reason people grow and evolve and change as they get older. You can't cling to the ways of who you used to be because life is still going to revolve. It's still going to evolve around you. Times are still going to change. And sometimes, most likely, you change with it. You're not going to be acting the same way you did when you were 19 at 35 years old. If you are, I, well, I don't know. To each their own, I guess. But at some point, you're going to grow up. Realize what worked then is not working now. Jesse's got so much to lose at this point. This feels like he's thinking about what he's lost. His, his it's basically it's like his freedom. Just seeing Pete, he's envious of what Pete has. But to Jesse's surprise, Pete's jealous of what he has. It's like you have. A career, you have a girl that loves you, you've got a family, you have stability, you have all of that. You don't think that Pete wouldn't want that at some point in his life? Pete even says, I'm daring you not to do it. Yeah, so he's like, look, Jess, I just came back here to hang, see my best friend and hang out again like we used to. Yeah, I just wanted to come back, see my best friend and hang out like we used to in the old days. And Jesse says, well, it's not like the old days. I'm like, yeah, of course it's not. Can you imagine the, you know, like when people try to recreate something from like, oh my gosh, our, our, our honeymoon, 35, 40 years down the road, they try to recreate it. And it doesn't hit the same because it's, you're not gonna have those same feelings. It's like trying to reread a book for the again and hoping you get the same feelings you did when you read it for the very first time i feel you don't get a repeat a repeat performance of that first time of a lot of stuff because you're coming into something new for the first time and that's your original reaction that's the thing that I feel like sometimes with rereading some of these books I absolutely love, I feel like going back into them sometimes I'm scared like I'm going to look at it differently, especially if it's been over 10 years or more since I read it. And I'm going to look at it with adult glasses instead of kid glasses. You know, you look at things differently in a sense of innocence when you're younger. Then you go back as an adult and you're grown and you're more kind of critical and stuff. So you're not enjoying it like you used to. And that's what kind of scares me about going back and rereading like the Hunger Games and, and Harry Potter and Percy Jackson and stuff like that because it feels like I'm not going to love it as much as I first did the first time around. I don't know. It just depends. It's like you're always trying to chase that rainbow and the rainbow is being your youthful essence and what used to be. That's a, you're chasing nostalgia like we do. Like 
rewatching Full House, even though I grew up watching it and rewatching it now as an adult and everything like that. It's like it doesn't hit the same, but necessarily that's not a bad thing. Jesse says it's not like the old days. And Pete's like, well, so what? And Jesse says, that's easy for you to say. You're living your life the exact same way that we both had planned to live our life. Jesse, at some point, don't you think that life is going to get old? You're going to get burnt out on that? I'm not saying everyone has to go out there and get married. I'm not saying everyone has to go out there at a certain age and like, oh, I got to be married by 25. It's like those rules don't apply anymore to each their own, honestly. Parenthood isn't, it's a, you know, it's not meant for everyone. Everyone's not meant to necessarily be a parent. You know, everyone's life takes them down a different path. And sometimes the path that you think you're going to choose when you're 25 and you're looking ahead 20, 15, 20 years down the road, thinking I'm going to accomplish this at this time. Jesse is all, that's the thing. Even in that, that birthday episode, he's like, I'm this year's old. I promised myself, guys, do not promise yourself that by this time I'm going to accomplish this. Don't set up unrealistic goals for yourself because odds are, are you really going to be happy at, at the end of that? I mean, if you are, great. If you're that kind of person, you say, there's nothing wrong with setting goals. But giving yourself a time limit to be able to do that in is beyond stressful. The whole point of the destination is the journey it takes to get you there because odds are you're going to be taking paths you didn't normally think that you probably would ever, ever go down. That's what's exciting about it. You don't know what your life's going to unfold, unfold to be like. He's like, you got no responsibilities. You jump on your bike whenever you want to. Like you go wherever you want to. And Pete's like, come on, let's go then. Let's go. And Jesse's like, no, I got to do this one thing. It's like, no, you don't got to do this one thing. It's, it's a matter of proving to himself that he's the same guy. This is the man who will later jump out of an airplane and go skydiving on his wedding day. He'll go bungee jumping with his wife. There is no limit to just being wild and crazy and taking a, a light little risk. Even like, I remember when he's telling Becky from inside his jail cell, I had to have this one last adventure. And he says, what one last adventure? The adventure is just beginning. Oh, yes. <laughs> Pete says, you want to do something dangerous? Kiss Donna in front of Becky. Jesse says, come on, what's the worst that could happen? And then he's like, don't, don't answer that. Jesse, you know what the worst thing could happen. You could... Oh, I... So much at stake that he could lose. Not just his life, but everything else. As soon as he gets ready to go, Becky's on a bullhorn saying, Jesse Katsopoulos, stay right where you are. Oh, no, she's not on a bullhorn. She says, Jesse, hold on one second, young man. Yeah, she gets out and says, Jesse Katsopoulos, I forbid you to do this now. Let's get in the car and go home. And he tells Becky, Becky, I know what I'm doing. Even Joey says, come on, you're being an idiot. Get off the bike. There's no way either of you could understand. So Jesse drives off towards the ledge and Becky is just screaming Pleading with him to come back. And 
It's dark out. Jesse, look, you can't even see the bottom because it's so dark. She is literally pleading with him, please, Jesse, don't do this. So Jesse revs up the motorcycle, but then he stops. I would have pulled the bike off of the ledge. Don't leave it up there. Jesse walks down to Becky, she embraces him, hugs him, and then she smacks him right below his shoulder saying, Don't you ever scare me that way again. Pete does the same thing! Watch Jesse's shoulder saying, Get in that car right now, mister. And then here comes Joey smacking Jesse on the shoulder and Jesse looks at Joey like, and Joey says, well, everyone else got to do it. Yeah, he actually looked at Joey. Like, Joey? And Joey's like, everyone else did it. Becky drags Jesse over to the car. Who's taking the motorcycle home? Somebody's got to. shake hands, they hug. It's like, it's a great scene, Jess. I gotta hit the road. Jesse says, yeah, I gotta hit the sack. I gotta take Stephanie's class to the fire station. Is nobody else volunteering for her class? I mean, last month he took them to the dairy, now he's taking them to the fire station? What's next? The hospital? The farmer's market? <laughs> we'll take you to the post office, the grocery store. And Jesse says, yeah, I'm really living on the edge, aren't I? And as Pete's putting his motorcycle gloves on, he says, 
Look, Jess, as far as tonight goes, you didn't chicken out. It says, you just came to your sentence, your senses, which, yes, good for him. He says, yeah, Dr. Sensible doesn't exactly have the, the nicest ring to it. And Pete is, you know, he's real with Jesse here. He says, look, Jess, maybe the guy I came back here looking for is not the same guy anymore. So what? And he says, you know, I like this guy too. And he says, you know, Jess, I'll tell you something else. You got a good thing going here. He does have a good thing going here. It's stability. It's just a loving family. You know, a great job. You know, it's just, he's got so much going for him right now. Jesse finally realizes it. He says, I do, don't I? You better believe you do. He says, I love you, man. And they hug. Oh, it's so cool. And Jesse says, see a dirt bucket. And Pete says, see a filth bowl. And with that, Pete starts his motorcycle and drives away. Or rides away. DJ comes in with a glass of milk. And Jesse's like, DJ, what are you doing up right now? Oh, no. As he starts going upstairs, he's like, oh, hey, Deej. And DJ says, you know, Joey told me what happened tonight. And for what it's worth, I'm glad you didn't do it. I'm glad you didn't pull the, you didn't do that stunt. And Jesse comes downstairs and he says, DJ, I was this close. And he, he even, he now thinks he's, you know, I'm this close to doing it. And what do I do? I chicken out. He sat down on the coffee table, which has got a, like a tablecloth over it. She tells Jesse, you know, sometimes Jesse, or Uncle Jesse, sometimes it takes more courage to just say no. And honestly, it does. Not just in a situation like this, but just in life in general. And he looks at her and says, yeah, that sounds pretty smart. Where'd you hear that from? He says, from you. And Nancy Reagan. Yup, yup. And just say no campaign. Got it. And he, he stands up and starts kind of walking away from her and just saying, you know, I don't know, DJ, maybe I'm smarter than I was when I was 20. And he says, let me tell you something, kid. I miss those old days. It's like, I, yeah, I mean, it's okay to miss those days and feel nostalgic about it and stuff like that. Because sometimes some of us, those are the best dates that we've had. And we cling to that. Like Linus with his security blanket. That's just, that's what you do. But if you're so much about being in the past and reminiscing about that, you're missing out on what you have and what you could have in the future. Because again, future's not set in stone. We don't know what's to come. And she says, yeah, I kind of remember you at 20. And she says, you're this cool guy with long hair who drop in on Christmas and birthdays with gifts. She says, you drop by, give me a present right away. Yeah, they didn't really have much of a relationship. I mean, sure, he was her uncle, but that's basically all he was. An uncle in title only. I mean, especially if it's like something you only see like maybe once a year, once in a blue moon, only at holidays. You're not gonna have the type of relationship you would is if that person were in your life on a regular basis. And she says, I like this Uncle Jesse better. He's like, yeah, you do. She says, I like this Uncle Jesse a lot better. The one I see every day. He's the, it's like, when he asks that, he's like, really? It's like, of course. And he says, you know, let me tell you something, DJ, as he sits down on an amp. He says, you know, when I was up there, all I could think about was, you know, my family. You, 
you know, new girls and, and Becky. He says, if something, I started thinking, if something happened to me, I'd miss out on part of your lives. Honestly, yeah, we would never get Nikki and Alex. Jesse and Becky would never get married. He says, and there's nothing more important to me than that. He says, you know, maybe I've, you know, gave up a little bit, but I've also gained quite a bit. It's like, yes, you have. You have so much. He's like, I've also gained quite a bit, haven't I? And she says, yep. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and she says, good night, Dr. Dare. And he says, no, that's Uncle Dr. Dare to you. He turns on the amp, puts on his guitar, and does like a little guitar riff. And he says, I still got it. That's the episode. Good seeing you, Jess. Hit the sack. Gotta get up early tomorrow and take Stephanie's class at the fire station. Really living on the edge, aren't I? Look, <clears throat> as far as tonight goes, you didn't chicken out. You just uh, came to your senses. Dr. Sensible. Quite have the same ring, doesn't he? Hey, Jesse, maybe the guy I came back here looking for is not the same guy anymore, but so what? I like this guy too, you know? I'll tell you something else. You got a good thing going here. I do, don't I? I love you, man. Right back at you. See you, dirt bucket. See you, filth ball. Joey told me what happened tonight. I'm glad you didn't try that stunt. I was this close. I'm up on that ledge. I'm this close to doing my chicken up. Uncle Jesse, sometimes it takes more courage to just say no. Sounds pretty smart. Where'd you hear that from? From you and Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm smarter than I was when I was 20, but let me tell you something, kid. I miss those old days. I kind of remember you at 20. You were this cool guy with long hair who'd drop by, give me a present, and then right away. I like this Uncle Jesse a lot better. The one I see every day. Really? Yeah. Let me tell you something. When I was up there, all I could do was think about my family and Becky and you girls. I started thinking, you know, if something happened to me, I'd miss out on being part of your lives. And there's nothing more important to me than that. Oh, maybe I gave up a little bit, but I've also gained quite a bit too, haven't I? Yeah. Good night, Dr. Dare. Hey, it's Uncle Dr. Dare to you. <laughs> Good night. said that's the episode i hope you all enjoyed it i really i liked this episode so 
I didn't do this with the first one in the Best Friends series with the uh, pal Joey. And I'm going to wait until, like, the third episode with the good news, bad news in season four before I declare which one has the strongest friendship. So... Best outfit? I do. I want to give it to Michelle's adorable blue dress. It was really, really cute. It had, like, black stripes on, like, the little sleeve cuffs. And and I'd say runner-up outfit. I don't know. I mean, I don't like Donna the character, but I did like that cheetah print light bluish silverish dress that she was wearing. Um, third, I, I really liked Pete's even though it was a jean jacket, but it had leather sleeves. And I really, really liked it. I haven't seen anything like it since. Worst outfits? Uh, whenever, uh, let me think here. I'm going to say I was not a fan of Becky's, even though it was clearly probably, you know, faux fur, fake fur outfit that she was wearing um I just I didn't care for it Danny's look I liked a little bit better just because he looked more sharper and and cleaner I guess I mean in a manner of speaking like that with his hair slicked back like that and everything let's see here um any of the royal worst outfits, something. When honestly, I'm gonna say this. Whenever Stephanie wears any type of 3D shirt, and when I mean 3D, I mean like stuff that's like um, kind of popping out on the shirt, like characters or stuff like that. That either like just attached, that are kind of like 3D, like that. I'm just not really a huge fan of. So that would be worst out. What she was wearing in this episode, definitely. Not a fan. What I mean wearing in this episode, I'm more referring what you wore to to the party or gathering. So, Tanner Teachable moment. I'm just going to say everything that I was saying between Jesse and Joey, or Jesse and Joey, uh, Jesse and Pete, when he was trying to basically, feels like, talk him down from that ledge. And everything about... You know, growing up, life evolving, you changing as you get older and still feeling nostalgic for the good old days. Which, again, is fine, but, again, you can't expect yourself not to change over a period of time. Looks like everything around us changes. I mean, we're, we no longer really use cordless phones or, or landline phones anymore like we used to. We don't use telephone books to look up numbers. We don't have to call the movie theater to find out the movie times or look in the newspaper. It's just, I'm not just returning, honestly, to technology. I'm just talking about just overall everything that has changed just in the last, like, 35, 40 years. Or in, in general and everything. It's like, you're not gonna be, think the same as you did when you were, like, 10 or 17, when you're 25, 35, 40 some years old. It's good to hold on to that nostalgia, but it's also good to let yourself grow and change and evolve. So that's basically my Tanner Teachable moment. Another thing is, 
I mean, I get there are people that it's great, like, oh, the dog's going to sleep on the bed with me and everything. Like, and that's cool and everything. But when they're a puppy, I hear it's better to have them crate train, especially if you have to step out for a minute. And, you know, puppies will get into anything in an instant, anything. If you know, there's such a thing, not just like when you have a baby, you baby proof. Once they start crawling, walking and getting into stuff, you do the same thing with a puppy. You get down on floor level, you see basically everything from your pet's POV. And you see what could be dangerous. Outlets, electrical cords, any type of plants, any type of food that they can't have. Honestly, if you're looking into getting a pet, whether it's a certain type of breed of dog, there are Facebook groups literally for just anything and everything nowadays. And there are just hosts of information that I hope that one day when I finally do get to get my golden retriever, fingers crossed, in nine, almost nine years when I hit 50, that is <laughs> not trying to give myself a time like, I have to get it by this time. If it works out, great. If not, we'll push it to 55, 60. I don't know. And you're like, a golden retriever at 60? Are you sure? Even people are like, you know that's a big dog. You know that they require a lot of energy. They're really just bundles of energy and stuff like that. So, I don't know. We'll see. I've just, in the for the longest time, you guys know, I just, golden retrievers, St. Bernard's, since Beethoven. So, <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about Next week's episode, the final episode in the Best Friends series, Season 4's Good News, Bad News. And now I got it. There we go. Good News, Bad News, Season 4, Episode 5. DJ becomes editor of the school newspaper and faces backlash when she appoints Kimmy to a position for which she is unqualified. Yeah, well, that's the thing they say. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't hire your relative. Don't favoritism, even, even, and this I believe, second to last episode that we see Jake Bitterman because he's still got the pony. He's still rocking that pony in uh, Good News, Bad News. And then in like, let me see what episode it is. Hold on. Let me see. So that's season four, episode five. And then if you jump ahead to season four, episode 24. So that's literally like 19 episodes later. <laughs> He's got more of a bullish cut hair. He's wearing a full letterman jacket when i say full letterman jacket i basically mean something that isn't um attributed to any type of school or anything like that anything that's got like the cream white leather cuffs or, or whatever that's not affiliated affiliated is what i'm looking for anything that's not affiliated with a particular school so all right yeah, and then I will decide who, in my opinion, IMO, has the strongest friendship of these three episodes. So, 
Have a great weekend, everybody. And again, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes and search Full House or Fuller House. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Scroll down where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can use emojis for episode titles. You can ask trivia questions, any of that fun stuff. So bye-bye, everyone.